Welcome to the Making Jobs Podcast, where we talk about car repair, business ownership, and everything in between. I'm your host, Matt Hernandez, founder and owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. And I'm your co-host, Tyler Schultz, with Witness Security. So without further ado, let's get the show on the road. Welcome back, job makers. Good morning. Makers of jobs. Hey, Tyler's back this week. Yeah. He is in town today for about an hour and a half yeah and then uh then he's out he's going to go play with cameras um down at uh down in lawton down in lawton which uh <clears throat> i've obviously been gone along long enough that marjorie every time she sees me lately she says are you, are you going to lawton today <laughs> So when are you coming back from Lawton? When are you going to be done with Lawton? So this week, actually, by the time this releases, it will be October first, which is a um, honestly, I think, should be a national holiday. Um, uh, it's uh, it's it's quite the special day for me. Well, the thing is, I don't think it should be national because not everybody opens deer season on October first. Yeah, well, I think, so this is what, what, I guess my question to you is, like, are you guys not concerned that, like, the Department of Labor is going to, like, fine you guys for making, you know, you guys are doing work on such a religious day? <laughs> I was starting to wonder, okay, where is he going with this? I'd be worried about it. They're going, you're going down a lot, and you'll be down there, like, installing cameras when deer season opens. <laughs> I don't yep. understand how you can even legally do that. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy. So I take it so seriously that, <sighs> so for instance, so I am closing on my house today, which has been one heck of a nightmare. Um, so I'm closing on the house today. I have to rip out all of the floors. I take all the popcorn texture off the ceiling. I have to do some mud work. And and I have to paint everything inside. Plus, I have to build rabbit pen, chicken pen. I have to accomplish all of this by Wednesday. Now, um, you know, I was t- talking to my brother about it because <clears throat> I've got to technically I've got to be out of my house uh, that I'm currently in by October first. My brother's like, well. Do you think your landlord will let you have a couple extra days? And I said, well, that's not, I mean, that's like part of the problem, but that's a very minor part of the issue. The, the real issue is October 1st is opening day of archery season for deer. <clears throat> so I have to be done and moved in because if I'm not done with the house, I guess we're just going to be, you know, camping until, you know, until I finish that. And, you know, because deer season takes front seat, honestly. Not your wife. and. No, she understands, more or less. I mean, she told, she tells, she says, I mean, she says we have to, she says, are, are you going to go put a deer in the freezer? And I'm like, well, I guess that means that, you know, we might be camping in the backyard. One way or another, here's the deal is it doesn't make a huge difference to me because um, I planned on living in the woods the first week of October anyways. So... um <clears throat> So it's actually, to me, it'd be more of a luxurious thing, if anything, because instead of camping in the woods with no power or or water, any running water, anything like that, I'll have that at the house. 
all have <laughs> running water and electricity. So, I mean, if anything, I'd be like glamping uh, in comparison to what I had intended on doing. So, yeah. so that's happening. Um, we are uh, actually, I guess, you know, this will, this will release on the first. I, at that point, should be, should be, so I had planned on having a month to do all of what I'm about to attempt to do in three days. So, and realistically, I barely even have three days because, like, today I can't really do much. Well, if you'd have closed on Friday. Yeah. If you'd have twisted some, uh, or twisted some arms and, uh. I don't know why, but I expected you to say twisted some nipples. I was going to. Were you? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I was thinking, man, that that would have just sounded weird. Uh, (laughs) Uh, So I passed on that. I think I, I've been hanging around you too long. I knew what, because that's not even a natural path that someone would like. But I knew you were about to say, "twisted some nipples," <laughs> even though that's not like a common phrase of yours. <laughs> For some reason, I just had we were on the same wavelength. I knew uh, what you were about to say. <laughs> if you'd have just gone and twisted some nipples, maybe you'd have gotten it gotten it done. Give him some purple nipples. Yeah, see, the closing manager's a lady, so that would be. Have you seen that video? Okay, there is a video that mm-hmm. uh, it, it's definitely like a, a sarcastic uh, satire type video, but it's about uh, sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. And this lady, um, it's one of her first days on the job, and she walks into an office, uh, and uh, instead of shaking hands, they uh, kind of good game each other, and uh, they kind of give, give a little uh, swat on the butt, a little well, pat, that, on, pat on the back. Then, uh, rather than uh, shaking hands, they're like they just walk up and. This dude just grabs the the lady's breasts, and she's she's sitting there looking at everybody like, "Is this normal?" And he's like, "Just to avoid sexual harassment, we just go ahead and st- go straight for this." <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember where I saw it. I think I saw it on Facebook, but it was hilarious. Yeah. Well, I think I might have seen that. <laughs> I think it's an older video. I think so. And I think I might have seen that like a couple years back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <clears throat> That's a good one. So, um, I think we've both decided that uh, that the whole real estate industry is stupid. Like every like the con like here's the problem. Here's the reason why I didn't get close on Friday. I could have twisted all the nipples that there were twist. And it was just the problem is there were too many nipples to twist. <laughs> there, there's too many people involved in the purchase of a house. It's just overly complicated. It's so unbelievably complicated. I can tell you why it's that way, but it, it doesn't have to be that way. This is the thing that bothers me so much is a lot of the world in, in any industry they just do things, and and the reason why they do things is because that's how it's been done, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I get, like, it bothers me a lot because, like, I'm in an industry that's new. Like, it is, it's it's innovative. It's not, it's not the same, like, we're, we're constantly moving for, we're setting, I'm setting the industry standards, right? And I could have 
and we could have in the mobile mechanic world we could have you know as an industry decided to do things the same way that it's always been done right mm-hmm. and um you know it's not just me it's other other people who have started mobile mechanic businesses in general they tend to like look at the system and say well why do i have to do it this way i can just do it differently there's a better way to do it um for instance like parts markup Generally, what happens is now I'm not saying that mobile mechanics all across the board don't do a tar- parts markup. Some of them do, but they usually do like a reasonable parts markup. <clears throat> so, industry standard, as I've mentioned before, is it's typically a 30% markup um, of the parts, but a lot of the times it's 30% markup on retail is what most mechanic shops will do, and that's and that's if they're doing a a, a low markup. So oftentimes the way it works is your mobile mechanic shops, if they have a markup, it's on their cost, not on retail price um, because they're getting a discount. So if I'm paying $25 for a part, but it retails for 50 bucks, why would I be marking up on the retail if I were to mark up at all? Anyhow, so I think that's why it frustrates me so much because for the last several years, I've spent my time in in an innovative industry where we question the norm and say, okay, is this is the, is there a reason why these things are done this way? Now, I'm not saying throw away every single standard because you just feel like being new and different. Sometimes there's a reason, there's a good reason why things are done a certain way, and you can do them those, that certain way, you know? I'm not saying that, you know, if, uh, like... If you invest in real estate and say you're a landlord and you rent out to tenants and you say, you know what, I'm not going to do leases. I'm not going to have them sign a contract. I'm just going to have them because that's what it's always been done. Wouldn't this be a refreshing change of pace if we just didn't have to bother with those pesky contracts and we just have them move in and we just agree on a price and they just hand me money and that's that? That'd probably be a dumb move, you know? Yeah, you wouldn't have a legal leg to stand on. No, you wouldn't. Um, So... (laughs) The so when I look at and and this is not the first time I've bought a house and the first time I bought the house it was extremely bizarre to me everything that was involved in it because I had never bought a house and then this time around it wasn't as bizarre however I you know it, I I I still recognize the absurdity of it and it really I was talking with Kenneth and he, who's who hasn't bought a house before. And, uh, it really kind of, um, really kind of opened, opened up my eyes. Cause like I would say things, I would say like, um, oh, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't close or, 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 uh, you know, we couldn't close cause you know, uh, uh, the, the sellers had to sign off on the repair escrow and he's like, wait, wait, well, what, why? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. It's an absurd thought. So I have a repair escrow on the house. The house needs repairs, and in order on this type of loan, an FHA loan, you can't just you can't just buy a home in as-is condition. I mean, you can, but you have to you have to I have to give money to the titling company for the estimated cost of repairs that they hold on to, and then when the repairs are done by contractors, I don't write a check to the contractors. The titling company does. And also, obviously, this is going to cost something. I have to pay $250 to the titling company just to hold on to my money. 
Um, but then the sellers had to sign off. They had to okay the repair escrow. So here's the question, like why in what world would it matter that the sellers of the home, why would they have any say-so or care about what I'm doing with my money after the house is sold? Yeah. You know, so you t- so with like a so so in in anyone who is not privy who has not had the um you know pleasure of purchasing a home um you you're you're I have but uh I didn't have to do all that. Well, you didn't have to do repair escrow. But there's there's just too many people involved. So think about this. If you were to if you were to buy a car, right? You buy a car from a private seller. Mm-hmm. Would you expect thirty people to be involved in the transaction of that sale? Like, wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't that be weird if if there were like thirty different people involved in it, and every single one of them makes money off of it too, right? Yeah, that would be a little weird. So you know, at the end of the day, so I'm purchasing a home. And this house doesn't have a ton of uh, expense and closing costs, but at, at the end of the day, there are $12,000 in closing costs, mm-hmm. right? Now, I don't have to pay all of that, fortunately. Um, the seller's paying for some of it, and and my and I, I end up having to come out of pocket like 8000 bucks. but granted, some of that's not to, you know, <clears throat> the complicated, the way that it works is, you know, I've got, you've got to pay... Uh, three months advance in your insurance, three months advance in property taxes, because those get paid by the mortgage company. And so they have to, so basically you're giving them an advance so before, that way they can set up the escrow um, and all that jazz. Plus, in all honesty, they usually pay that in full. So you're basically just putting a down payment um, on the year's worth of property taxes and, and um, homeowner's insurance. And then I got to pay, you know, I've got a down payment and I've got um, the repair escrow. But in that mix of the $12,000, everyone along the way is making the titling company makes money. Mm-hmm. The um, buyers, my agent makes money. The selling agent makes money um, <clears throat> on these commissions. The, the mortgage broker makes a commission and, and they have their fees associated with uh, handling the loan. And then you've got, um, you know, structural inspections, you have appraisals, you have homeowners, and you have the, uh, the buyer's inspection, you have um, all of these things, and everyone along the way is making money on a deal. I mean, wouldn't that be the weirdest thing if, you know, you had a car, and you're like, all right, <clears throat> I'm going to buy this car. I'm a private seller, right? And I'm like, hey, Tyler, I've got this truck. You know, um, you know, you like the truck. It's a pretty good deal. It's worth, you know, it's it's worth about fifteen thousand dollars, and I'm selling it for thirteen thousand. All right, that's not a bad deal. It's not a bad deal at all. Okay, let's. Uh, you know, you want to buy it from me, but what you have to do is you have to get your 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 car agent, your auto agent, to give them a call, and that auto agent doesn't contact me directly. That auto agent contacts my auto agent, right? And then my auto agent talks with you. We get a contract together, you know, and then you have inspections, right? We got to get an appraisal because you're getting a loan for this, right, from the bank. So they've got to appraise it and they appraise it. They say, okay, yeah, it comes in at $15,000. Sale price is $13,000. That's good. All right. 
So we've got that. And if you want to do an inspection, you hire a mechanic to come and inspect it. That's optional, but it's probably wise. And then they inspect it. And then... Um, and then we go, okay, all right, everything's all good. Everything's lined up. Um, you know, now we're two weeks into this. All right, two weeks from now, we're going to close on this. So we go meet at a titling company that then we have to pay. Um, and then there's a commission to my agent, your agent. The, the absurdity of it is bizarre. Um, the way that it works. Like it would, that would be the most ridiculous thing in the world. Mm -hmm. So I, once at one point I thought, Houses would be, yes, it would obviously be a less complicated transaction if houses, <clears throat> um, cost, uh, the, the cost was low enough to where you could make cash transactions. Obviously, that would eliminate all of the complication, or a lot of it. However, that's not even entirely the case, because if you look at it, you know, in a, in a, in a way, even buying a car, you finance a car, it's not that complicated. Nope. It's not nearly that complicated. No, but you could easily <clears throat> die in a car that, um, that, say, just decides the br the brakes are not working. Yeah. You could die a lot easier in a car than you are, are going to die in a house. Yeah. You buy. Yeah. Well, it's not for, it's not for the protection of the consumer in the least bit. What it is, is it's for the protection of the investor, the person who's fronting the money. Sure. So... And here's why it's complicated in the real estate world, because typically speaking, traditionally speaking, most mortgages are government program mortgages of some kind, right? So sure. when you go get a loan from a bank, you're not really getting that mortgage from a bank. They're servicing the loan. I mean, yes, you know, depend upon the mortgage company, right? Mm -hmm. So, for instance, the company that I'm using called SunWest Mortgage, they are a mortgage servicer. They are going to, they're not the ones fronting the money, though. They have investors. They have, they have a bank that's going to give them the money, who then buys the house. But the investors aren't even at as big of a risk because the FHA program, the government loan program, backs the loan. So if I were to default on it, basically the government, the FHA program, uh, the you know, federal home loans um, are going to purchase or basically buy out the investor. So the investor is going to get their money out of it they may not make all of their investment but the very least like there's a guarantee to a to a, an extent of how much and it all varies depending upon the loan some loans like uh like va loans i think are backed 90 percent, or maybe they're 100 percent guaranteed by the government so the mortgage company has like almost no risk involved um <clears throat> that's why those are typically uh, a little bit easier to um finance with no down payments and uh, because banks don't mind they're not really taking a risk so you've got the investor they front the money you have FHA who's in who's who is in who is guaranteeing the investment and then you have SunWest who basically they just take the mortgage payment that I make and they service the loan you know they they, they take you know they, they they collect the check send it off to you know the investor um, so why didn't you uh Go with a VA loan. Because VA loans also have... FHA is not necessarily easy to purchase a home with the 203C um, loan or 203B. I forget the exact type of mortgage I'm doing. It's not exactly the easiest thing in the world, but it is easier than a VA loan to get approved on a home that needs work, especially, particularly, in this case, a manufactured home. 
um, which I, that's another aspect of the real estate industry that bothers the crap out of me, is how weird manufactured homes are treated in certain aspects. But so you have so you have all of this going on, right? And that's just on the lending side of things. And then you have the, the, the listing agent. So I'm buying a foreclosed home, which makes it even more fun because the owners of the home are, they're not even a bank. It's the federal home loan mortgage um, uh, that, that owns that, the property because it was you know, foreclosed on and the bank got, you know, the you know, FHA paid out their, you know, paid out the, you know, the, the guarantee on the, on, the, on the property. And so the government owns the house, basically. And just like anything, when you involve the government, it can get complicated, especially the federal government. Mm. So you have, so we've got them, they have their agent that we have that, you know, and I can't, this is, you know, another thing too, is like, you can't, as the buyer, like the seller's agent isn't allowed to just talk to you. Like if you, even if you contact them, like that's, that's not allowed. Uh, for some reason. So, like, you have to have a middleman. If you're represented, if you have a buyer's, if you have a real estate agent, you're not allowed to just go talk to the listing agent and be like, hey, you know, um, can we get this done or what? No, no, that's a no-no. You have to call your agent to call their agent to call talk to the seller so that way they can tell their agent to tell your agent to it's well, have, your, have your people call my people, bank. you know? <clears throat> your seller's a bank. It's not another person selling a house it's a bank yeah well it's really it's a property management company or it's a yeah more or less it's it's a it's a department that manages properties on you know foreclosed federal home loan program properties is the seller more or less sure it's it's super complicated it's unbelievably complicated and I think it could be simplified, and I could tell you how it could be. Here's the thing is, the reason why um, federal home loan programs came about, the intention was, and the intent was to make home buying more accessible to more people, because banks didn't want to shell out, you know, granted, this, you know, if you adjust for inflation and all that stuff, you know, homes were you know, worth a whole lot less ba- back before these federal home loan programs came out, you know, took $20,000, $30,000, but the equivalent of in today's time of like $150,000, $200,000. They didn't want to shell out all that money with that big of a risk without, you, you, so, so they're not going to take as many risks on it, right? So you had to have a great credit score. You had to have a big down payment. You had to have all of these things. All these things had to align. And then when the federal home loan programs came about, it did open up to more accessibility to more borrowers because it lowered the standards because now the banks are taking less of a risk so they can then, so then they're not as concerned. So then it's just the federal guidelines, the federal home loan programs they have their own set of guidelines because obviously they're taking um, the the main portion of the risk, but their guidelines, honestly, a whole lot less stringent than that of what the banks were because, you know, it's the federal government, and quite honestly, they don't care about losing money. Um, <clears throat> so, so it did make it more accessible, but the problem with that is when it did make it more accessible, when you lowered these standards like this, what it did is, it, it, since it's easier to get a loan... 
then properties ha- could didn't have to be priced in a price point that was more accessible to people paying cash. So it it it, it caused the property values to rise. And 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 some people may say, "Oh, property values rising, that's great. That's good news." No, it's not. Not necessarily. Here's the thing that people get confused about property value. Like for instance, you know, your house, you paid like 90 grand for it, it's worth like what, like 150, 170? 158 right now before the uh before the ad of my master bedroom. Yeah. So um so it's great that you have a return on your investment. Mm-hmm. However, um and, and in your case there's some equity, some sweat equity that got put into it. But let's say you purchase a house and you do absolutely no remodeling to it. Let's say you buy a house for $90,000. You do nothing to it, but just because the rise of property values in your area, um, it is now worth Mm $140,000. That's a $50,000 increase. And that sounds good. You got taxes on that too. Well, yeah. but So that $50,000 increase sounds good Mm -hmm. because you think, oh, property values are up. That's great. But if you sold that house to purchase another house in that same area, now you're paying more for the next house you purchase because yep. property values have gone up. So you can't. So you sell the house for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's great. You just made fifty grand. But then you look around and spend it on the other house, and you're going to spend it on the other house because you can't find anything that's ninety thousand dollars anymore that's in the same condition as that house that you just sold. Exactly. So property values rising. It. On you know, on face value looks good, but the reality is, it's not that great, especially when there's such a substantial increase like that. Now, and I think federal, I think mortgage accessibility did change the face of that a little bit, increase the property values. Because here's the deal: um, if mortgages didn't exist at all, you couldn't sell homes for four hundred thousand dollars. Like that's just not going to happen. You'd have quite, I mean, if, if a house was $400,000, the market that you're looking at, the demographic you're looking at, is people who are filthy, stinking rich. If, they can, if they've got four hundred grand cash laying around to purchase a home. Mm-hmm. So if mortgages didn't exist, then houses would be cheaper. That's just the fact of the matter. For instance... basically anytime you introduce financing to anything and we could look at it this way too you know you see cars there's increase in cost of cars you know um my 1995 corvette when it was brand new in 1995 sold for um about thirty thousand dollars okay um and that was that's a high-end car a brand new corvette today base model is is around 70 grand now did the corvette get better yes did it cost more to produce probably there's some increase i mean there's a difference in wages from 1995 to now there's some difference in cost of materials more expensive yeah however does did it is it but does it really cost more like that much more no, but you know the difference is between 1995 and today is in 1995 you couldn't get a 7-year auto loan. You couldn't get an 8-year auto loan. You know they're they're financing cars out as far as 8 years these days. I mean, think about it. So you get you could only get 4-year loans, right? Back mm-hmm. in 1995. So a $30,000 car um would be 
what like 400 bucks a month 500 400 over over 400 <clears throat> i think yeah your car is almost thirty thousand dollars right 26 yeah and that's about like what 400 bucks a month yep so a seventy thousand dollar car on a four or five year loan that would be like 800 bucks a month back in 1995 Right, so that'd be, mm-hmm. that would be absurd. However, in today, in 2020, you it, could you it, could get it for about 500 bucks a month because people are actually you can get an eight year hundred dollars a month on cars yeah. now. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. And, That's and, just mind blowing. And, and so you know, so here, a Corvette is crazy. Like, the, the, or not crazy. A Corvette is not necessarily crazy. the typical. That was crazy once. Um, <laughs> A Corvette isn't isn't necessarily like the typical thing, so you could say, "Oh, that's a luxury vehicle." But okay, what about pickup trucks? Mm-hmm. A pickup truck, dude, forty five thousand dollars is where you're going to start at for a new truck, right? And people <clears throat> don't go buy used on on the regular. <clears throat> now, yeah, used cars, according to news lately, used cars are up drastically. New cars are actually way down. Yeah, uh, it's actually because of um, the COVID, a lot of people are staying away from new. Right they're now. afraid to. They're afraid to commit to something that expensive. Um, you know, and I'd be afraid of commitment too. Yeah, but so you basically, you know, your your car values, you can expect them to inflate in correlation with the financing involved. I know a guy. Um, I know a few too. <clears throat> so I know this guy who got. A who got a truck, um, and he was extremely surprised that he even got approved for the loan because he got like a thirty thousand dollar truck, and he has he has pretty crappy credit. Now, hmm. back in the day, you know, let's rewind ten fifteen years ago. With that same credit, there's no way he would have got approved for a thirty thousand dollar. Ten fifteen years ago. Yeah. I'd say less than that. Probably. Honestly, yeah. Nowadays, though, like, anybody can just get approved for an... And this is not at a buy-here-pay-here place, which is even more predatory and terrible. And that's a whole nother... That's a whole nother episode. I could talk about buy-here-pay-here. Buy-here-pay-here. We have a customer that does that. And uh, he was... I was doing the the access control and security on his building. Mm -hmm. And uh, his building is formerly... A hideout for uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Oh. Total, totally different subject. Hmm. Anyways, um, he said that, so there was a Mustang, and it was it was pretty beat up. So so his building used to house criminals, and now it houses criminals again? Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, he... Uh, I, have, I have a particular opinion about buy here, pay here dealerships. <laughs> this guy is exactly what you're describing. Uh, he said, so he had a Mustang that was sitting there in the front. And it had a sticker on it for sale and all mm-hmm. that. It blew my mind because he goes, yeah, I've already sold that car three times. Yeah. It's where they make their money. So what they do is at the buy here, pay here place, if you don't pay it or pay for it, then they go and repossess it. And then they sell it. He goes, and I've sold it for, uh, he goes, I'll sell a car for four or five times for the exact same price every time. Yeah, and they have inflated prices because they're catering to a, a a client base that can't get traditional auto lending. 
Yeah. And so, you know, a truck that may be worth $12,000, they'll sell for $18,000. And that's not, that's not an exaggerated inflation. When he said all that, I was, I was actually kind of shocked yeah. that they can do that legally. It's, uh, it's pretty peculiar. And you might think, well, you know, um, people make their own decisions. They have the free will to decide not to purchase it there. But sometimes people are stuck in a pretty sticky situation. And honestly, they use some pretty shady tactics. Because, for instance, you don't make monthly payments. You make weekly payments. Yeah, yeah, that's, look at your face. Your, your face is, Tyler's extremely confused. He's, he's, he clearly has not spent a ton of time around the extremely impoverished. <laughs> the white trash is what, is where, is where he would, where you would find I, that typical. If someone were to ever pose that as a possibility, I'm going to say, well, no, think about no, it. So I, sand. I met a guy one time. Um, I met a guy one time. I was actually out at Goose Island. This uh, doofus got stuck because he tried turning around on the land bridge. Um, so I had um, uh, some guy came with a bigger truck than mine. We helped him pull him out and everything. And I ended up, <clears throat> I ended up uh, draining out his differential because it was buried in the lake and full of water and changing his gear oil and his and his differential um right there at the campsite well you know he's a, he's a younger kid probably early 20s um but you could tell was definitely like if he would have told me he lived in a trailer park i wouldn't have been surprised that's what i'm getting at there's nothing wrong with living in a trailer park friends but <clears throat> this is the type of mentality there he said he just got that truck and you know and he's, you know, I felt bad for him because the, the kid paid way too much for the truck. And he said, and he's telling me, he's like, yeah, he's like, um, he's like, yeah, I only, um, he's like, it's, you know, it's not, you know, it's, uh, I got a pretty good deal. I only pay, you know, a hundred dollars. And I was like, wow, I was thinking he's paying a hundred dollars a month. And then he says a week. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and this was not no spring chicken truck. This is a 2009. And this was just a few years ago. This was nearly 10 year old truck. That he's paying four hundred dollars a month for. <clears throat> that's a new. That's a new truck payment. He's paying the same as he could. But he didn't have credit. He didn't have credit. Doesn't have credit, so he well, he's has got to, seriously bad credit. Yeah, so he's got to buy at a buy here pay here place, and he pays, and he's paying. And to him, he thought it's only a hundred bucks, um, um, a week though. And that's how they get. That's how they they trick some people. They they tell break it into weekly payments, and weekly payments don't seem as big of a deal. You know, it's a hundred dollars a paycheck, whatever. If they framed it as four hundred dollars a month, people would be like, "Absolutely not. That's crazy." <clears throat> and you'd think that those, uh, you would think that those tactics don't work as well as they do. But goodness gracious, they they work astoundingly. There's a huge industry on the buy here, pay here places, and. And and that's just that's just kind of further evidence that the yeah. So my customer that um was telling me about this, he is one of the most shady people. Every single every and single buy here pay here place. Yet is at shady. the same time, whenever I gave him the price and the access control, he was trying to um, jew me down. And uh, oh man, you're you're robbing me blind. And this and that, and I'm going, I don't think so. And then 
funny thing is he decided to that's what he disclose for, his whole yeah, that's what he does tactic for a on a car. I'm like, okay, so I'm robbing you blind? He robs people blind for a living. You literally are robbing people, <clears throat> people blind. I'm not robbing you blind. I'm giving you the straight figures yeah. that I give every person. I can tell you for a fact, there is not a single buy here, pay here car dealership in this country, in this world, that is an honest business. There's not a single one of them. I can guarantee that. Um, and I don't know, maybe if you're out there listening, you're like, no, I'm a really great buy here, pay here. I don't mark things up too bad. And I'm really good. Maybe. I, that's a long shot. I mean, that is a long, long shot. More realistically, um, it's, you know, it's pretty safe to assume that 99.9% of buy here, pay here places are shady and they're not honest, and their intention, like, they don't want you to end up owning the car because they make more money if they repossess it and sell it again. Um, that works out better for them that way. And and on top of that, like, so that's, it's a good indicator, you know, whenever I talk about prices, you know, the ease of finance and the amount that can be financed and for how long things can be financed does dictate the sale price of a lot of things. Because, for instance, again, we've got a $12,000 truck that would be worth $12,000 anywhere else except it's at a buy-here-pay-here place. And because people, like, because it, 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 the bar is lowered, and, and, and they can make the argument saying, oh, well, we're financing this high-risk situation. Okay, yeah, <clears throat> but instead of selling it for $12,000, sell it for $18,000. Now, here's an interesting fact. When I was, buying, when I was shopping around for my truck... Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking around, and I, you know, the uh, the the deal that I found on Facebook Marketplace fell through. The guy never got back with me on the, one of the trucks, so I was driving down, um, looking for third gen Rams at these dealerships. I saw a place, and I knew it was a buy here pay here place, but I decided to stop in and ask them how much the truck was. So you know, I stopped in, and they said, "Are you here to make a payment?" I'm like, "No, I'm here to buy a truck." They said, "Okay, what type of monthly payments?" I was like, "No, no, no. Um, I just want that truck over there. How much is that?" And he said. Um, and he's like, uh, how much is it? Uh, how much is the payment? And I said, no, how much is the cash price? Like I've got cash. I'll pay you cash to purchase that truck. And he wouldn't even give me a cash price. He told me, oh, this isn't the dealership for you. And I'm like, what do you mean? You have a truck. I have money. You sell trucks, you sell cars. Why can't I just buy it? They don't want to sell me the cash price because they mm. don't, that's not where they make their money. Nope. They make their money on the financing. And... Um, and even at that, <clears throat> that just sounds shady. It is, isn't it? Isn't that the shadiest thing in the world? They've got, if, 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 if someone were to come up to you and They're be like, like how, what, much, how much, what's the cash the, price for a camera system? You're like, oh, oh, I'm not going to sell it to you for cash. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's how I do business. <laughs> yeah. Cash versus credit, you bet. <laughs> yeah, you have a product. They have the cash. I'm not you gonna, sell said product. <laughs> I'm not going to take a 3% hit on that that, uh, yeah. that sale. No, but they make money. That's how they, they do it. They make, they make far more money financing it than they could selling at cash price. And that's another thing. It's too, is I'm pretty sure that there's, you know. <sighs> Want to get into uh, buy here, pay here? 
Oh man, <laughs> it's extremely lucrative. The only problem is, and I the, you just want to sleep at night. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do that, knowing that I'd be that that I would legitimately be like screwing people over. And, and it's not just screwing people over, and you may not necessarily ruin their lives per se, but you're perpetuating the the position that they're in. They're stuck. That's another thing about buy here, pay here. You make payments at a buy here, pay here place. Like that doesn't report to your credit. That not not in the same way that an auto loan does. So, so you're 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 not even building credit really. You're just throwing away your money and then you're stuck in this perpetual situation where you're always having to pay four hundred dollars a month for a crappy truck that has hundred and ninety thousand miles on it. I, I always am curious about uh, like this one buy here pair. He's a sleaze ball. I mean everything about him sleaze ball. Every single one of them are. And I, I just wonder how do they sleep at night? Because if I probably on a really expensive posturpedic mattress, because <laughs> that's probably how they sleep. <laughs> they make a lot of money. I, I myself, when when it comes to just doing business, if I do something that seems out of the norm, that's not yeah right. Mm-hmm. I myself am walking around going, I, I just I don't feel right. I don't. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's, maybe it's just moral ethics. I don't know what it is. I just know that at the end of the day, I just want to be able to go home and go, I did a good day's work and I did it the right way. I didn't screw somebody over. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how people can do business like that. It's 740. It is. I'm I'm texting my mortgage broker real quick, so that makes for phenomenal um, dead air time. Yeah. Actually, let's take a quick break and then come back because I got to put a um advertisement in here somewhere. And we're back. So I made <laughs> men- mention about the fact that it's 740. Yeah. I uh I'm not saying that to our listeners. Um I'm not saying that because uh we just want to get away from y'all. Um but we're going to have kiddos running around here. Yeah. And Any moment now. Well, and you've got to go to Lawton. I've got to uh, go. Hopefully, uh, close on a house. Try to accomplish thirty days worth of work in three days, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. And again, also, I'm mostly in this pickle because of the really messed up real estate industry. I'm just not. He really likes the real estate real estate industry. <sighs> I think it could be fixed, man. I think it honestly could. Um. The, um, it just, there's, there's zero reason why it shouldn't be able to be handled in a simpler format. I think it could be possible to get the government out of mortgages. And if it were, then there would be less complications involved. It just, I don't know. I, I'm not a hundred percent certain people are all that interested, honestly, and simplifying the process. I think people live in this, we live in this world where financing has just become like every, it's it's commonplace and makes sense to just finance everything, everything and anything. When everything's easy to finance, again though, prices go up. Look at furniture. Furniture is expensive. Mm-hmm. Ding dong, front door. That's our cue, I think. Yep. Anyhow, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully uh, we'll be back with uh, some report of like maybe a deer down or something like that. Um, I mean, there might be a slight chance we might be recording in the woods. I don't know how that's going to go. Next week? 
right. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, we're out of here. All right.